no matter where you stand on the healthcare, business, and advancement scale. Join us as we display the essential principles behind community-backed growth, trust cultivation, and expanding influence. Welcome to Providers Edge, the podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs and innovators break down barriers and control their business, life, and future with valuable action steps. With me, your host Sabrina Rombach, a recovered clinician and a business deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Welcome, welcome to another episode. I'm your host Sabrina Rombach, and today we have Dr. Leo Alderma here with us, and he is a emergency physician. He's the medical director at. Tenable Healthcare, Clarkview, and Johnston Health, UNC. Liang led emergency department teams to experiential and ex- with such expertise uh, in patient-centered outcomes. And Liang is a graduate of Brown University and the University of North Carolina School of Medicine. The Harvard-affiliated emergency medicine residency at Beth Israel Deconis Medical Center and Haslam College of Business Physician Executive MBA. He is married to a ER nurse and has two adorable dogs. And same, I only have one. And she thinks she's a puppy, but she's not. She's a six and a half year old big doggy. As he expands his career and understanding healthcare is complicated. And as a physicians and providers, we have the obligation and the role to change that for the better. And he created IV Clinicians. It's a two-sided jobs marketing place, matching verified clinicians with medical practices, starting with the emergency medicine specialty. IV is the first to connect every emergency department in the U.S. with the practice managing the emergency physicians, PAs, nurses, MPs at the ED, and IV enables verified emergency clinician to search, filter, and connect with the right job opportunities. And we understand burnout is such a big issue in the healthcare space. And we also have AMA, I believe, said we're going to lose 144,000 physicians and nurses is triple of that. So if we're continuously to lose people and the cost of replacing each provider, guess what? Uh, It can go up to even a million dollars for them because you search credential, right? Any... uh, one of us, even with the fast credential within the months, right? It's still the cost of getting malpractice, getting things lined up, having the people even do your credential. So it's a lot of go into getting people to the right place at the right time to serve the patient and population that we need. And I love it that you are able to create this um, new way of being a matchmaker. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's exactly right. What um, what I noticed as uh, as an emergency physician 
was that it's just way harder to navigate the job market than it should be. Um, each time I moved or changed jobs or was looking for uh, for opportunities, even getting the the first getting to the first step was difficult. Figuring out who staffs which ER in which city. So I was moving from um, Boston to Austin, DC. Getting that information was really really difficult. Um, and it's still difficult. And then the second part is when I was an ER medical director, um, I noticed that the job market is equally hard to navigate on the hirer side. Um, what, what you want as, as a medical director or as a recruiter is to know who, if you paid them well enough and treated them well enough, who would be interested in, in working for you. Um, and there's no place where where clinicians feel uh, secure to put their information out there because you know if you put your your information on a jobs board you'll get spammed and and people just don't like that experience and so the market was just not working for for either side um, and so I decided to jump into this entrepreneurial world and try to try to solve the problem yeah I love it it's about taking actions when you see a problem. Now, I wanted to dive deeper into that in a more sense of when you're in that position that you wanted to solve it. How did you go about whether you felt like, oh, this is a problem? Uh, what's the first thing you thought about? I need to uh, raise funds or I need to find people to build this uh, matching software for me. Like, what's the first thing you thought? Oh, I need to do this before I get to the next phase. Yeah, great question. Because I'm not a, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. I'm, I'm just a doctor, and like uh, I have some admin skills. But that, you know, how to turn that into a workable uh, tech solution is not going to come from from my skill set. It needs to come from a team. And so the first thing that I had to figure out was how to build that that team. Um, and so I started meeting with as many. Um, People that I that were like two steps away from my my network and learn about how to hire a, a CTO, how to um, how to bring in people who can actually create the site. Um, you asked a good question about the the funding part. I put in enough to like get started, so I put in the the seed funds. But fairly quickly, we were able to raise. Once we had a team, we were able to raise a pre-seed round to get things going. Awesome! And now, are you guys uh, ready for a Series A? Where Where are you at right now? Yeah, so we we went live with the site January second of this um, of this year, so fairly recently. And we have raised. I'll take the the question, kind of the the next step, and this is actually potentially useful to, to your clinician uh, audience or your provider audience. So we were going to raise a seed round that was an institutional, like your usual seed rounds that you you hear about and, and you go to local like angel groups and, and uh, VCs. What I realized was there were three baskets of, of people that I interacted with who were potential funders. They were the physicians, PAs, and nurse practitioners who just got it. They were like, oh yeah, this is totally a problem. Like navigating the job market is like 
super annoying and I hate it. And, and if you could make it a little bit better, that, that'd be great. So that was basket A. Basket B was the like clinician adjacent people, the, the healthcare admin folks, the like people who are higher up at hospitals, that kind of thing. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like a, you know, something that maybe there's a problem. I, I guess we've seen a lot of stuff come and go. Um, we're interested, but, you know, vaguely. And then there was the, the institutional folks, like non, you know, non-medical people who were like, why, why don't the doctors just go to LinkedIn like everybody else? Like, why don't they just go to Indeed? And so, so the, they weren't even like bought in on the problem, much less the solution. So like, why am I raising money from basket three when there's all these people here at basket A, I guess one, who totally get it? So we decided uh, not like on purpose, we were not going to go to any institutional folks for, for this part of the seed round and just raise money from physicians, PAs, nurse practitioners, um, and my brother. I love my brother. Um, and, uh, and we raised uh, $570,000 um, at a, at a $6.3 million valuation uh, for the clinician-only seed round. Awesome. So well, I want to spot out a couple of things that uh, is really amazing. What you guys did here is that um, understand your audience, understand who's your support group in the most basic fundamental level. And that's where, especially at the early stage, go for those people. And so technically you did crowdfunding for the people who got you the most. So That's why right. put in the effort? Yes, we can go uh, for larger accelerators, the the angel groups, whatnot. But then those people, especially due to the market, they want you to see you already have revenue and sustainable before they even put in more money, right? Because just like myself, if I'm going to sit on your board, I wanted to make sure you already have projection because I sit on these evaluation side of saying, do you have a future? What I think is your potential before I put in more time to make those specific high-level introduction, right? And then just like you're saying, if those high-level introduction are not recognized the value, I have to boost you to that value before those connections can be made. Otherwise, you know what? I can be the best matchmaker for you and it's not going to plan out well. So for you to go understanding the easiest way to get support and funding is to the people who understand the problem and um, then focusing on them and get them even excited because those are you what future clients as well dr liang realized the importance of targeting clinicians who genuinely understood the problem and secured funding exclusively from them Raising an impressive 570000 at a $6.3 million evaluation for clinician-only C-Round. This strategic move highlights the significance of connecting with those who grasp the issue at its core. Quick announcement before we move forward. If you are a healthcare entrepreneur or founder looking to accelerate your social mission and increase profitability, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Sabrina Rombach, on LinkedIn. Let's connect and discuss how we can take your business 
to the next level. Let's keep going. Another thing that's really awesome for everyone's hearing is uh, we are uh, recording this in February and we're in 2023. And they just started in beginning of January, right? So we are only having a, a month and a half launch, um, technically, and then you're already getting um, 500k plus uh, a raise. So that's very awesome, especially from crown crowdfunding side. And um, and what you said from the get go, I think it, it also come from your MBA background is that we understand our talent. And we understand we need to allocate and find the best resources and other people's talent to grow our own, right? And so you started by, you need to find a team. We can do this all by ourselves, right? Business doesn't run by one person. If you're a solo practitioner running a practice, it's still not going to work so well for you, right? You can't expand or scale at all. You can't create space for more amazing things to happen. So uh, I think that's another key thing is right from the get-go is now about how can you do a more with yourself because none of us have that many time luxury, right? And then so we need to be intentional about where we put our money, our time, our energy into with who. And these need to be very skilled people in their own individual field to be able to create that network. And then you found those people by two degree of separation of who else knows what, right? Almost like how we met each other. And so that's awesome. So what's next? Yeah, so the we've moved from the uh, creation or zero to, to something phase, so the MVP phase, now to the something to product market fit phase. Um, and so what, uh, what we're doing is building on the core product. So we, the core product, just to, to explain what IV clinicians is, um, is a simplified way to, to navigate the job market, right? So we have every ER in the country, um, in our data set and then turn that into an easily navigable, uh, process, much like um, like Zillow for houses, we're, we're the Zillow for emergency medicine jobs. So a clinician can search um, on, a, on a map, uh, they search by geography, they filter by their preferences, instead of the preferences being um, bedrooms and bathrooms, the preferences are whether it's a trauma center, whether they're residents, uh, whether it's a freestanding, they can, they can search by or filter by um, the type of place they'd want to uh, to work, and then they can apply directly to the the positions that they are interested in. On the employer side, that application then comes to their uh, their inbox. They can then decide whether to respond or not respond, whether to hire or not to hire. So it's for for them, it's a little bit like owning a house on or putting a house on Airbnb, where you're getting people connecting with you saying, oh, I want to stay at your place on, you know, February 27th or whatever it is. So it's a it's a lead generating machine for for the employer. In terms of what's next, um, one of the key pieces of feedback that that we have heard over and over again is 
not only are are clinicians frustrated by the lack of information about the employers and where they work and how to contact them, they're pretty frustrated by how hard it is to figure out how much they would get paid if they applied to that or if they worked at that place. So if you look at at job postings on Indeed or LinkedIn or really anywhere, physician job posts almost never include the salary, which is kind of crazy, right? Like you wouldn't buy, you wouldn't go to Amazon and be like, oh, this bicycle on Amazon, I like the bicycle and you would just buy it without knowing what the price was. You like that, that wouldn't make any sense, right? The Amazon wouldn't have stuff without, without a price tag. And yet that's kind of how the, the job market's set up right now. So our next step is creating a, um, a salary resource page. What's been interesting in the creation of that is employers really don't want to give up that information. They're, they're very tied to that, to hiding that number, which I don't think makes all that much sense, but they are, you know, you got to deal with, with, you have to, uh, accept the customers that you have, not the customers that you necessarily, you know, the, some idealized world. And so what we realized was clinicians are perfectly happy sharing their compensation. And so we're setting it up as a clinician survey where they are, clinicians are entering their information rather than asking employers to enter the salary information. Yes, and that's also, I think, a crucial thing about taking power back for individual providers, right? For us to say, I am worth this, and I am confident in my delivery of the type of service I'm able to provide you. So why not allow me to say, this is how much the minimum you have to be able to pay me. And it's almost like that matching game of, well, if you as an employer, don't want to be able to offer that. And and you have multiple applicants, all amazing to you, right? Props to you. And you have more choices. But as individuals, then we can say, this is what I'm able to pit um, for. If you guys think about if you ever use any virtual assistant, right? That's where you, you post a job, you save the price range, and they can bid on your posting, and you can reach out to other people for invite. And it just makes a more of an open conversation because money aside, then it's all about the driven, the outcome, right? The result, because at the end of the day, we want happy people in health, happy healthcare. Uh, and if people are unable to stay with you, doesn't matter if it's a short-term, low-com type of situation or part-time who only come 10, 20 hours or full-time employee, people wanted to be able to say, this is place I will always support because I'm connected to this organization or the people that I'm surrounded with. And that's how, at the end of the day, true success, long-term success can be built. Uh, and then just getting away the superficial things right in the get-go, it makes you feel more authentic, right? Honest and respectful. So I thought that's uh, amazing. What are some of the challenges you guys have uh, are facing where it, you're uh, continue to optimize right now as a team or as a company? Yeah, the the hardest part is getting getting the word out. 
Um, and so we're in the process of building a social media marketing campaign um, and getting essentially to be part of the conversation. And so we're, we're putting out a white paper about our aggregated data that's actually going to come out um, in uh, over the next few days. Um, we are presenting at conferences. We are kind of using an, an all of the above marketing strategy. What we've realized is physicians, PAs, nurse practitioners aren't going to click on some random ad. They don't, that would actually hurt our reputation to be seen as, as just another advertisement. We want to be known as the clinician first um, place to find a job. And what that means is clinicians um, need to trust us, right? And so how do they, how do they learn to trust the organization? Well, first of all, we need to build the product that that um, is worth trusting, and also get the the public trust of people in emergency medicine and soon to be multiple specialties who others trust their opinion. So, so it's things like coming on on this show and and talking with Sabrina, um, getting people in medicine to say, oh yeah, this is a better way to find a job. Right. And it's about leveraging your credibility, right? Correct. And so I always say, especially for any startup or you have any kind of, a, even device, right? You can be the most unique and the best product out there. But if you're a hidden best secret, how are you grow? How are you serving anyone? You just going to serve your immediate little cocoon. That's not significant impact. That's good impact. But for us to get you to that point, number one, I always say is positioning. You have to be able to tell the story concisely to the point so people can be like, wow, amazing. I see that problem. I heard about the problem, even though I might not have experienced myself. And now I see that I want to support you, right? You have to have that hook first, which I think you guys are able to do that uh, as you morph into that position. As you said, oh, we targeted our provider colleagues first, right? And then people to relay that message. Awesome. And then it's about how do you expand out, right? Like that reach. So then it's about changing the story in a different way that fit your audience. And and then it's about authority building that trust you talk about. And then how you are doing that, which I believe the same thing is speaking, leveraging other people's stages because there are going to be a following people listening in or attending certain type of conferences, events, or following these type of news channels, right? And when you already leveraging that authority, people are trusting you right away. And because you already have a clear message, therefore, it's easy, right? Now it's just a revenue to spread the message. And then we get to the higher fun part. Right, leveraging your network connection because then the intentionally get you into the right door who has a lot of people that need you or have the right circle of network that can actually become your champion to spread the message. But without the first two things, most people just want that. Sabrina, get me the right introduction. I'm like, uh, okay. what? Okay, can you talk right? 
because my name is on the line, right? Like if I just put you somewhere, let's just say a a, a big connection, they have a big group, but people start getting very confused on what are you trying to sell, how you're what's in it for them, then you actually wasted that amazing opportunity. And I know Dr. Liang, you even mentioned you guys are about to launch your podcast, which is another great thing, right? For people to plug in, listening to you guys on what's the amazing thing your guys are doing in the healthcare uh, healthcare HR space, right? I mean healthcare in itself is very human capital. Right, like it's big resources on us providing the care. Um, so it's amazing to see these faces because once you start growing steadily, then the final step is optimization. Right, the how are your existing team really fit into each other, and then where do you need to plug in a potential gaps? Then people can scale. So you guys are definitely in the right way of getting to where you are. I think everyone starts somewhere, right? Like we, it's better to have that clear head and then just keep going. Dr. Liang highlights the frustration clinicians face due to a lack of employer information and salary transparency in the job market. The next phase involves creating a salary resource page based on clinician-approved data. Addressing the challenge of employers being reluctant to disclose compensation details. Now, don't miss out an episode. Subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platform to get the latest insight. Together, let's rewrite the rules for your business and create a positive social impact in the healthcare industry. All right, let's get back to the rest of our show. What's the bigger vision that you guys have before we wrap up? At the biggest level, the problem that we're trying to solve is is burnout or frustration with clinical jobs. There's, It's very clear that a lot of clinicians are not super happy with their clinical work, workplace at this point. And so we want to build a marketplace that allows you to say, if this job isn't the right job, there is a very easy way, a very physician, PA, nurse, practitioner-centered way to find a better job. And then all of a sudden, you have a marketplace that is competing over us, that if you're, if you're not providing a place for, um, for clinicians to, to thrive, you're not going to be able to recruit good providers. And so all of a sudden, workplaces get better, the job gets better, and at the end of the day, that means patients get better care. Awesome. Love the vision and definitely support you on that round. I'm sure many people who are listening, especially those in emergency uh, medicine where the life is so fast paced and it's constantly your, your brain is concentrated, right? Every minute when you're in there. And that's why I know I'm a surgical person, not ER person, because I try that and I'm like, Oh no, right? Like that lasts about like three months. I'm like, I'm going back to my OR. Um, <laughs> and so it's uh, props for all of you guys who are in that space and finding this solution. How can people reach out to you if they like to support you, learn more about what you guys are up to? Yeah, so we are IV clinicians. Uh, you can Google us or we're at ivclinicians.io. Um, our podcast is uh, the Emergency Medicine Workforce Podcast. Perfect. Yes. When they launch, do you have a launch day yet? Um, February 
15th. So uh, by the time this comes out, the, the podcast will be there. <laughs> yes. So go find them uh, anywhere you love to listen to your podcast. And also check uh, IV clinicians out. Uh, I appreciate everyone for joining us today. Until next time. Thank you, Sabrina. This has been great. From identifying problems and taking action, understanding your audience and crowdfunding, to building trust and credibility, we'll explore the essential strategies that drive change in the healthcare industry. A quick summary. Number one, identifying a problem Take action when you identify a problem that needs solving. You are a true innovator. Even if you don't have the technical skills to build a solution, recognize the challenges within your industry, such as the difficulties in job searching for healthcare professionals. Number two, understanding your audience and crowdfunding. Consider crowdfunding from individuals who recognize the value of your solution, even if they aren't traditional institutional investors. Number three, building trust and credibility. Leveraging authority building strategies such as speaking engagement, podcasting, and conferences can help gain trust within the industry. Establishing trust is crucial, especially in industries like healthcare, where reputation matters significantly. Now, you also know I mentioned these many times. It's not just about speaking and waiting for the host and event entities to advertise and spread your messages. You also have to do your part by knowing how to properly repurpose and spend your credibility throughout the next months and years to come. Number four, clear positioning. Crafting a clear and concise message about your product and solution is essential for attracting support. We are all in this information overflow environment from social media, emails, work, etc. Therefore, any type of conversation in person, virtually, or on a landing page. Positioning your startup or innovation as the solution to a specific problem can resonate with potential users and investors. The key is to grab their attention first, not explaining all your processes and your unique abilities. Number five, expanding reach and impact. Leveraging your network connections and building relationships with champions who can promote your product is essential for scaling your impact. These connections also need to be created with win-win in mind. How can you support them at the same time when asking to be supported? Thank you for tuning in to Providers Edge Podcast. We hope you enjoy our latest episode and found the insights and tips helpful. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show and learn what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. So please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and let us know what you think. Your feedback is essential to help us improve the show and provide you with the content you need to take your healthcare business to the next level. 
Thank you for your support, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.